Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, Craig. Hey Jeff, uh, here we are. Uh, we've thought every game this year has been so hard to predict. This team is so hard to pin down, and we have been handed uh, the 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 hardest week, the hardest game to possibly yeah. predict, to possibly preview uh, with our with uh, a coaching staff that's down five, mostly offensive uh, uh, coaches and. Uh, yeah, new uh, new head coach um, lost your play caller. Uh, it's uh, half of your offensive coordinator. I it's I don't know how to I don't know what do what to do. But we're this is the podcast versus everyone episode one forty one BYU preview, and we're going to do our best under these uncertain in these uncertain times uh, to Unprec- preview unprecedented. This game. Unprecedented. unprecedented times. <laughs> hey, well, I said something. I said in my in, in I've been writing my preview. It's in there. If there's any group of of guys that could handle this type of adversity, it's these ones. Uh, yeah. These guys, uh, they've handled all the adversity, especially the upperclassmen. Um, these yep. guys have had a three game winning streak amidst thinking their coaches might be gone. So they they've. They, I think they can handle it. I don't know if that'll be impact, but there there may be impacts just based on you just don't have the the coaches there. You got a bunch of you know you're hiring new coaches. You you have a different guy yeah. in charge. You have a different guy calling the plays. That's all, all that stuff makes it a little little harder to figure out. Yeah, I tend to think that that's where the effect is going to be felt. Um, I mean, obviously, we're going to kind of wait until we get to predictions to do like prediction stuff but it's like uh you know when we think about how the coaching change affects the team like i think that they will be mentally there um i mean i know it's emotional and all that but you know college kids are resilient i, I we've seen that this year right like um you know they they've they've been put into a situation that is uh you know quite difficult and quite 
you know, d- distracting, right? <laughs> to use a coach's favorite term. And and they have, you know, rebounded and played so well the last three weeks. Um, and I give the players, you know, so, 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 so much credit for that. And so I, I don't think there's any reason to think that they, they won't, you know, be up for this game either. But yeah, I mean, I do, I, I do think that, you know, being down so many coaches, um, you know, where, where that comes into effect is things like, you know, making adjustments during the game, you know, noticing what's, um, you know, what's going on on the field. And, you know, when you got sort of a whole bunch of eyeballs right on the field and trying to figure out, okay, you know, where are the soft spots, what, what's the offense doing that our defense needs to adjust to, um, you know, you just got a whole bunch of guys who are going to be working, who, uh, you know, you know, don't, typically work together or haven't worked together because you're going to be bringing in a couple new guys. Uh, apparently we got, uh, you know, an old QB coach and an old offensive line guy. And um, it's, it's, it's all just like, I have a feeling that at some point the communication issues are going to crop up um, at some point during the game. But th- that's sort of my biggest fear in, in a game that seems like somewhat of a toss up. I, you know, I said that at the very beginning of the year, uh, when we were doing predictions that this was, this was sort of the toss up game. Um, you know, I had no idea that this was how it was all going to go down, but it turns out it's, it's kind of like that as we're trying to figure out, is this team going to a bowl game? And, you know, it sure would be great, um, to not be playing this game with, with, you know, even more un- uncertainty than normal, but you know, it's, it is what it is. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I just, you know, it sure would be nice to not be, uh, having to worry about, you know, the, these thin margins, uh, on the side that could be, you know, decided by, by a coaching change. Um, but you know, there we are, that's where we're at. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's kick off the preview, uh, by talking about WSU's offense against BYU's defense. Uh, so Jane Delora, I guess you, you could argue it has two best games, uh, at least against FBS competition uh, in the last two games against Oregon State and Stanford. Uh, both those pass defenses were rated pretty well in the top 50 of EPA per pass uh, coming in, uh, top 40 even, I think. Um, and he shredded them both, uh, put up big numbers against both those pass defenses. Now you have a pass defense from BYU, which ranks 72nd in EPA per pass and 90th in defensive success rate. So can Jaden keep this going? Can he even ascend higher? Uh, you know, get that, get that YPA even higher, get make, make even more big plays. Uh, that that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. I don't see why not. You know, uh, you know, I think a lot's going to be made over the play calling. So I I guess we'll see. Um, But, you know, I I almost wonder if there was if there was some dysfunction there between Smith and Rolovich and Stutzman, just in the sense like, okay, so Smith was kind of the primary play caller guy. But, you know, Rolovich says, well, it was kind of more of a collaborative process, you know, and I'm just kind of. And then as you know, we kind of started getting closer to to crunch time with, you know, vaccine stuff like, okay, now all of a sudden Stutzman's the primary play caller. And I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much, but, but I, you know, I, I tend to wonder if maybe there was a a team vaccine and a, and a team not vaccine um, perhaps within the staff. And and so I'm, I'm not convinced that automatically going back to Smith is going to be problematic. 
Um, and, and even if, you know, it really was, you know, Stutzman, you know, being a musician, um, you know, certainly um, Smith, you know, uh, learns, some learn things, something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, Smith, if Smith was the primary play caller here, I'm, I'm presuming that he was uh, the primary play caller when Hawaii had so much success, you know, offensively um, when Rolovich was there. So, you know, it's not like this guy has, has, you know, n- you know, never done anything as a play caller. So I, I'm optimistic that um, honestly, that it was more about or as much about the players um, as it was about who was calling the plays uh, the last few games. So uh, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm just being rose colored glasses, but, or crimson colored glasses, but, but that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. I don't, I don't see any reason to think that all of a sudden the offense is going to fall apart. Yeah. And, and like we've discussed, Jaden is still, you know, very new. Um, he, he is still picking up the offense and it seems like he, they've definitely, succeeded in running some plays the last few weeks that they were not succeeding in before or they're running new plays who knows I, i'm not smart enough to know that uh but you know last week they went vertical for the first time all season and seems like they should be able to do that against byu now byu i think is probably a little more conservative um i don't know if they play man like uh, I, I wish i could tell you but um they strangely uh they give it all up on third and fourth down. That's that's their their big issue, and truth, truthfully, they're also very bad against the run. So this is the worst defense WSU has played probably since the Portland State game. Honestly, maybe the USC game. USC's defense isn't that good, and Jaden got hurt in the middle. And the more and more I look at that, the more and more I see the impact that that probably had. Yeah. Especially after we saw Garantano yep. against Utah and we, and we saw Gabalas yep. come in and all that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so this is one of the worst defenses that WSU will face now and towards the end of the season. And, um, if, and I, like you said, you know, maybe Stutzman just got lucky and that the players were figuring the offense out finally. And so the plays that he called worked. So maybe Jaden has grown and it sure seems like he has, man. And so I, I, I feel pretty good about our offense against their defense. Um, it, it's weird that they're, they're, they're good on early downs, but then they fall apart on third and fourth down. It's, so I don't I don't know what to think of that with BYU. Um, maybe that means that just highlights how bad their pass defense is. Uh, they they don't their passing down success rate isn't isn't too terrible. Um, so I don't I don't really know. Uh, it's just that my guess is they their EPA is good on early downs, but they're still allowing yardage, and so they're getting into uh, teams are getting into uh, shorter. Uh, down in distance in third and fourth down and I and again it'll be interesting to see if Dickert is willing to use fourth down like Rolovich has been you know obviously obviously they went 0 for 2 last weekend in in field goal position um, going for it but I, I think if if that continues that it'll ultimately prove beneficial they'll they'll get some touchdowns when they weren't going to get one and and all that um so that'll be interesting to watch that 
I, I don't know why BYU is so freaking bad. 47% success rate on third and fourth down. That's yeah. they're they're given conversions almost half the time on those downs. That's really <laughs> That's bad. So bad. That's so bad. Um, so I listened to the the BYU guy on uh, on the Coog Center Hour earlier this week uh, on Michael's podcast, and you know he was kind of talking about how for them they they feel like that they their their defensive staff doesn't uh, doesn't adjust well. That that's kind of their that's kind of their mo is they just they just don't adjust, um, which it was it was kind of funny to listen to him because I'm like oh yeah I've uh, yeah yeah <laughs> you know like I've 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 heard that one before right um, but you know they also have a defensive head coach you know a guy who at one point we were like you know maybe this guy will come be defensive coordinator of Mike Leach and yeah obviously that never happened but um, you know the, it's kind of interesting they have a defensive head coach and their defenses is sort of the source of their of their struggles right now. I do wonder, you know, I think you bring up a really good point with, you know, how the philosophy changes with Dickard in charge. Um I I, I don't know, man. I'm curious. Like 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 Dickert I, I know that there are a lot of people who felt like he won the press conference, which, you know, that's great. Um there were just some some curious things he said in there and I could be reading way way too much into it but you know somebody asked him you know about you know how if the offense was going to change and and the answer wasn't no like like it wasn't like yeah no no we're great you know we're going to keep doing what we're doing it it was like well you know I I don't I don't you know anticipate it changing much you know it, that's always like kind of like a dog whistle to me when I start hearing stuff yeah. like that cuz I'm like uh you know, what does he want? Does he want us to establish the run now? Cause he's a defensive coach. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's, we know defensive coaches tend to skew conservative in terms of their offenses and uh, not always. And it's not always, uh, um, it, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly not always right. You know, Bob Stoops was a, was a defensive coach and he brought in Mike Leach cause he was like, you know, uh, I want, I want an offense. That's awesome. Oh, um, Nick Saban so, is a defensive coach exactly. and, and he, he yep. figured out that, uh, yes. they can be even better if they're not just running the ball into the middle right. all the time and, <laughs> if, and using if their, our, like, if the offense is good, it makes our team better. It's yeah. Pretty, it's pretty <laughs> wild concept. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. Um, you know, I'm going to be real disappointed if, if they dial it back. Um, I, I don't know how much they can change. Um, just because yeah. obviously the, the short week, short staff, all that, not short week, but short week because of the staff change. Right. Um, so well, and I, I may, again, maybe it's, maybe it's just ratio of run to pass. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, but what, so if, if green's calling the plays is, does, does, is he just going to be following a directive from Dickert then? Like if, if, if that's the case, we're just, we're just making a speculation here. We don't actually know what's going to happen. See my, my thinking is, um, green's calling the plays. He's up in the booth. Smith. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Brian Green. That's okay. <laughs> I know. I'm with you. Uh, too many Brian's. There are too many Brian's yes. in my life. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I love you all though. Uh, but so <laughs> if 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 Smith is calling the plays, so is he? Gonna, he's going to be, you know, up in the booth calling the plays. What's Dicker going to do about it? I don't know. Um, yeah, but it'll be interesting to see. You know, yeah, he could be like Dicker could say it's third and two. We're running the ball or whatever. You know. Um, yeah. 
Yep. And, and or first and ten, we're running the ball. Yeah, it could be something like that. Uh, yeah, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. The the other thing that sort of yeah. the the other thing that sort of caught my eye was again like he was very um, I don't know, man. It sounded like he was selling himself for the job, which I don't blame him. Again, this is not a this is yeah. not a criticism. Gotta I'm not like you know that. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a bad thing. I mean, the guy's got an opportunity. I I don't blame him. But I also sort of wonder, like, okay, does that does that lead him to maybe be a little more? Again, meddling is not the right word, but it's kind of like that. Um, you know, more assertive with his viewpoint when it comes to the offense. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm just like, again, all of these things. I'm very, very curious. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. So I'm, I'm hoping not, but I don't know. Maybe he'll surprise me, and he'll be like super aggressive and like i hate it when teams go for it on fourth down against us so let's go for it you know i don't know we'll see yeah so um but if if trends continue for obviously wsu's overall season numbers don't look good on offense but if you if you kind of look recently they've been shooting up the ranks and some things they were in a yeah. bad 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 place after cal and what they've yep. done in the two weeks after that has been impressive. And now you're playing another bad defense. So yep. keep it going. Um, and hopefully, you know, not too much changes. Because I do think if they're able to just keep running the same stuff, they should be able to put up some points against BYU. And as yep. we go into the BYU's offense versus our defense, it'll probably be necessary. Yep. Yep. I, I feel like... Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything to add to that. I'm just, I'm just blabbering now. Yeah. So <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's look at, I'm not looking at the clock, but I assume it's about time. So yeah, it definitely is. Uh, so let's, let's switch over to, uh, WSU's defense versus BYU's offense. Now BYU is, if you take the sacks, add them to the passes and, and take them from the runs, they have run the ball 220 times and pass the ball 219 times. They are the oh. quintessential old school oh. balanced attack. <laughs> it's pretty <sighs> funny. Man, some of our fans right now are having a having a moment, you know, at the idea of having a balanced offense. Yep, and so they are uh they're they're solid in the pass their their strength is the pass uh at least in terms of success, um, 30th in EPA per pass, 22nd in success rate. Their overall offensive success rate is very good, 45%, 19th. Um, so they're they're having a good play uh, quite often. And then, um, yeah, they're rushing. Their EPA per rush is not amazing. It's kind of middle of the road, 50th. But their success rate is 26th. I think they're just – they're not an explosive running team, but – they they just but they move the ball. yardage yeah like yeah. they they pick up yard like their their top running back averages just under five yards a carry which is good in the nfl but in college it's kind of uh you know average right you're right so um yeah yeah so it's there he's he's gonna get yardage although they do get stuffed a fair amount they're at 22 percent um in terms of stuff rate uh so that's that's something that WC is going to need again, like the, just the magic that they get, you know, that passing game, they allow WSU allows a high success rate, 
but they still have a good EPA per pass because they make those big plays. So it's yep. they're going to need that again because um, it seems like uh, BYU is probably going to put up yardage, uh, but it'll come down to can WSU makes the, make those plays to limit the points. And they've done that the last few weeks. So, but the one issue is BYU has only turned the ball over seven times all year in seven games. So, uh, that, that is a challenge and that has led to them also being very good in field position because they don't turn the ball over very much. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. Yep. And it's that, you know, we talked about third, fourth down success rate the other way. Uh, their offense is 41st nationally, uh, you know, 46%. So it's, it's not like they're amazing, but they're pretty good. Um, and we know that our defense has sort of made a living this year off uh, third and fourth down stops. So, um, you know, and, and I, you know, I will give our defense a lot of credit uh, for this. In, against Stanford last weekend, um, they started the game off really well doing what they do with third and fourth downs. And then the like fourth quarter came around and, uh, and they were, they were having a hard time, um, getting off the field. You know, Stanford was, you know, starting to convert some stuff and moving the ball. And, um, you know, so it started to feel a little more dicey. Um, the fact that they were able to come up with enough plays, um, to win that game without being sort of because because we talked about how they've been actually you know relatively dominant right on third and fourth down, uh, you know during the first two winning first two games of this of this winning streak, um, they weren't dominant on third and fourth down on Saturday and yet they figured out a way um, a way to make it happen so. Uh, you know, I think that's a real encouraging sign, right? Because we've been talking about, you know, what's what's sustainable, what's not, right? What's predictive going forward? What's just, you know, kind of noise and, and fluky? Um, you know, so I felt really good about the fact that they, you know, kind of were giving up some first downs, were having a little bit of a tough time with third down. Um, I don't have the number in front of me of of what the what Stanford's third down percentage was over. Actually, I do. It's right here. It was. So they were five of 13 overall, but if I look at the, oh, now it's not working. Anyway, I know the second half was better. The first half was worse. Second half was better. So um, anyway, I, I'm encouraged by that and and hoping that, you know, this is a sign that kind of the defense is um, stabilizing, kind of moving beyond, you know, riding that razor's edge of, you know, do we get a fourth down stop or third down stop or not? Um, and just figuring out a way to, to, to maybe be a little more stable and, and not quite so risky with those, you know, what, what are, what oftentimes are kind of 50, 50 plays. I, I do have some bad news for the, uh, the, the mobile quarterback phobic out there. Um, uh <laughs> Oh, uh Oh, uh Oh, uh Oh. Um, so, uh, Jaron Hall isn't necessarily a running quarterback, but he has picked up some, some nice gains. Uh, scrambling around uh, this year. And uh, I've just watched some highlights. He's pretty good at moving around the pocket and avoiding sacks. Um, so yep. uh, he's definitely a guy that if if they, if they he breaks contain, he can pick up a first down. Kind of kind of more like uh, uh, Cal's quarterback, what Chase Garbers. Yeah, so yep. uh, like more like that sort of mobility, not necessarily a guy that is – super dangerous and explosive but a guy that is mobile enough to cause trouble and um that yep so that that could that could be an issue especially because wsu likes to um you know go all out on passing downs and stuff to try to get the get after the quarterback 
Um, if they, if they, you know, break contain, he, he could pick up a, a frustrating first down or two here. So, uh, we got to watch out for that. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, can WSU keep up getting those big plays? They've relied on turnovers pretty heavily, but now you're playing a team that just doesn't give the ball that three interceptions, four lost fumbles this year. That's it. Um, that's, that, that's going to be tough if, if, if they can, you know, get turnovers on them, then maybe this is something that they have. Maybe it is an attribute that they possess. Uh, so it, 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 it's, it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do. Maybe, maybe they can, uh, kind of be a bend, don't break or, or something. Cause they'll, they'll have to be, cause I think BYU on the ground is going to move the ball pretty well. And, and, just not big plays, but I think they're going to put themselves into very convertible third downs. Uh, maybe yeah. pick up the first down on first and second with a couple of runs. So that that'll be that'll be something to watch if they can still. WCU just needs to make one or you know that's what they've been doing. They make that one or two big plays a drive, and that's how they yeah. get off the field. Yeah, they get a negative play somewhere. I mean, really, they are following. You know, as as we've talked about, they are really following kind of the formula of that awesome 2017 defense you know just you know they're they're not the biggest um you know they're maybe not the fastest but they are you know they play super hard and they get some negative plays and they they just have a way of of short circuiting drives with with negative plays and all of a sudden okay so you're you're moving the ball a little you're moving the ball a little you're moving the ball a little all of a sudden first down boom two yard loss on a rush okay now it's second and 12. Okay, so now what are you going to do? You're going to run the ball. You're going to pass the ball. Okay, so now you're going to pass the ball. Okay, well now you get an incomplete pass. All of a sudden it's third and long. That's how they've been stopping drives. So uh, you know, hopefully that's that's you know we get more of the same this weekend. I, I'm not concerned about Dickert. Uh, I'm not concerned about the defense uh, with the coaching change. Uh, Dickert's still going to call the plays, um, and I, I don't I don't know how much. I mean, obviously, it's different being the head coach and calling the plays. So maybe it turns out that's a really terrible idea, um, since he's never done it before. But you know, well, yeah, I'm less worried about that. So, I mean, he can't just sort of, sort of like check out while the offense has the ball, talk to his team, all that. I mean, he could right. technically, but I don't think he's he's not going to want to do that. And so, there will right. be something that he is missing. So that'll be interesting yep. to watch. Um, Yep. But yeah, I think I don't I don't see the defense changing too much. Um, defensive staff mostly intact here, so yeah. I, I yep. Uh, it's just another uh, tough offense they're facing, and um, yeah, and because of the balance, like it's they're really going to have to get some stuff runs because they need to put BYU in some obvious passing downs because that's when they can unleash their. Uh, you know, speedy rushers and, and yeah. get to the quarterback. So cause, cause havoc, we gotta come up as with we a say. Nick- we got, yeah, we got to come up for with a nickname for those four guys, man. The yeah. Willie Taylor, Ron Stone, Brennan Jackson, Quinn Roth package. I don't know what you call it, but you know, it's, uh, it's been really good when it's in there, man. Wait, did they call it, uh, Seahawks called theirs like the Cadillac package or something. Maybe um, I know so there was another NFL team that called there's the NASCAR package because they were they were doing a similar thing to that. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we, we got we got to come up with something, man. Suggestions. Welcome. Yeah. 
but yeah, that so that but that lineup on you know first and second down BYU running the ball probably not the best, not 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 the biggest set of guys uh, to stop the run. Uh, so yeah, but unless unless they just get in the backfield, if you're in the backfield, that like you can stop anything. But if you if if you need that, but you don't have that nose tackle to hold up, hold up to offensive linemen so your linebacker can come in and, and make the tackle so it'll be uh it'll be interesting uh i don't expect them to just shut byu down i expect them to give up some points it just matters is how well they can shut down drives promising drives so i've said that a few times yeah. uh yeah i guess let's get to predictions then yeah so let's start let's see if you figured it out Let's uh, let's start with. <laughs> I was I was just thinking of it in my head. I'm like, okay, this week, Nooser, first half only. Then let Craig do his first half. Then we'll do the whole game. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. So I remembered. I'm ready. Okay, so Jeff, hit me with your first half score. All right, uh, I am. I am gonna guess it is a. A fairly low-scoring KG affair in the first half. Um, I'm going to go 13-13 tie game at the half. Okay. Um, I'm going to go... See, instead of field goals or missed extra points that you said, I'm going to say it's 14 Cougs, BYU 10. So 14-10. Our Cougs, the Pullman Cougs. Our Cougs. At halftime. So so you got 13-13 at halftime. We're coming out in the second half. How do we play? How does the score end up? I think it ends up, uh, I, I think it continues to be about on that pace. Um, so I'm going to go, uh, let's go 26 to 20 the real kooks Ooh, so uh i'm just curious are you saying jadikowski is going to kick four field goals or do you, are you saying he's going to miss an extra point no. and then maybe they miss a no two i'm point saying try to... i'm saying four field goals uh dean janikowski special teams pac-12 player of the week i'm calling it now ooh, because ooh, we have ooh. because we now have we have a coach a defensive coach who's going to be like, kick it, kick it, take the points. That's what we're doing. No more going for it on fourth down. We're going to be kicking it, right. taking the points. I could. That's I that's what I'm thinking. There's always there's always a few people around me in the stands that are be very happy about that. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. But I think I know. that's what's going to happen. Go for it. Um. So I what I had fourteen. I had fourteen ten Cougs. I'm yes. feeling pretty good about picking the Cougs last week, so I, I, I want to do it again. Yeah. The WSU Cougs, of course. Um, yes. So I'm thinking uh, both defenses get a little tired in the second half. We get a little bit more point. Puntos put up on the board. Uh, let's go 34 to 31 WSU. So a big second Ooh. half. 
So Crazy WSU, second half. WC puts up 20 in the second half. I'm going to say on a missed extra point. And then, and then, uh, and, and then, uh, a blocked, I'll say a blocked extra point again. Um, and then, uh, BYU puts up three touchdowns, makes things scary. Um, but the Cougs prevail 34, 31. Let's get the WSU Cougs. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Yeah. It's going to be weird. Be like, go Cougs. Oh, they're, they're doing it too. Yeah. Because I, I have a feeling there's going to be quite a few BYU fans. So I I may, maybe less than there would have been a couple weeks ago when they were undefeated in rank number 10. I was like, come yeah. on, BYU. Why couldn't you be ranked when you came in? That would have been fun. I know. I wanted some of so, that, and now it's like, womp, womp. This, this is going to be an interesting oh, well. experience. Uh, thanks to uh, our friend Brad. Uh, who won it in an auction. We're going to be up in the Legends Lounge, which is the Great W Club uh, in the Football Operations Building with catered food and a bar just all for us. Uh, so that'll be Man. that'll be interesting, um, an interesting perspective. Now, if it's a yeah. close game, like you're just behind glass. I, I don't, you know, are we, I, there's some rowdy folk that are going to be, that I know, some real rowdy folk in that group. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna see uh, what what it's gonna be like. Uh, in, in, Somebody in comes flying close... out the window and into the <laughs> into the zoo crew there at the bottom. Like, well, it's the I band now. Oh, that's right, <laughs> it's, it's the, the band, band again. That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah. So I don't know, man. If somebody comes flying out of a window, we'll know what happened. Yeah. So yeah, and I'm excited. My uh, my dad yeah. and his wife are going to be there as well. It was cool. a gift from their realtor. Um, he reached out to me and, and, and said, Hey, I want to get him tickets for a game that you're going to. And I said, well, let me, I have a deal for you. Um, <laughs> they will be real excited about this. So I are real excited for that. It's going to be a different perspective. I hope we get that fourth straight Wazoo win. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Start the, uh, start, cool. especially I, I, I really want it for these kids. The week they've had yeah. the year they've had, uh, to come yep. out, get that fifth win. And then you got uh, four more games to, <laughs> to get that next yeah. one. Um, yeah. Because if, if they could end the season with bowl eligibility, that would be a hell of an achievement. That would be, um, be incredible. So this would be a huge step. Uh, BYU is not a pushover, especially on offense. It's going to be nope. tough. Um, but so hopefully, hopefully you know, everyone's been asking, asking the fans to show up and support these guys. Hopefully people do that. We get a nice atmosphere again like we had last weekend, and it, and it could be fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, if that would be great. If you want to follow us on the socials, I'm at the Craig Powers. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Craig W. Powers on Instagram. Be posting pics of that Legends Lounge. Um, and then uh, Jeff is at Pod VS Everyone on Twitter. You can email us at podcast vs everyone at gmail.com. You can rate us five stars on iTunes or wherever. Yes, you can. Uh, mostly iTunes. Uh, and you can leave a, a, a nice comment. You know, tell us how yeah. great we are. Um, yeah, or the works. other way. I don't know. Just leave five stars. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jeff. Um, what? Go. Wazoo Coops. Yeah. No, it's how about this? 
So, all right. So we got the GoCougs hashtag, right? That has all sorts of like cross pollination between the two programs. BYU so uses it. More. You and I, I, I know. And so you and I have taken to, and, and a lot of other people have taken to GFC, right? So and we know they ain't going to. Let's just do that. They so are not. So let's Cougs. just go ahead and do that. Go fucking kooks, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Get fucking vaccinated, folks. Come on, folks. Vaccinated. <laughs> Having a hard time finding the button here. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.